there are lots of lousy businesses. And there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio. From the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the weekend. Welcome to Saturday. Oh, it is a glorious day down here on Sugar Beach. Looking out at Lake Ontario and I'm seeing some sailboats. I'm seeing a pretty sky and all the beautiful people. Uh, you should come down here one time and uh, experience this part of town. It has certainly changed. Uh, and I guess ultimately for the better, it is progress. Uh, yep. Dog days of summer, hot, and the markets are flirting with all-time highs, equally hot. Um, incredible, Jack, how really this is a unloved bull market. There's not a lot of enthusiasm. The last enthusiasm I think you and I saw was around marijuana, and uh, that sort of uh, has gone a little smoky, shall I say. There's a, little, <laughs> there's a little around Bitcoin, I think, this year, too, but that sort of fizzled out as well. But uh, like you said, calm waters on the markets, uh, calm waters out there on Lake Ontario, and uh, things look, well, for the time being, higher because earnings are coming in quite strong. Tricky market, I must say, and uh, you and I were just speaking about that this morning in that it's the word bifurcated. Um, we'll call the market biff, uh, bifurcated. Uh, you have value stocks, uh, energy names, uh, commodity names, i.e. forest products, for example, uh, a lot of high dividend yielders uh, here in Canada, for example, not getting any love. And you have these super hyper expensive names uh, in the United States, primarily in tech land, uh, trading at valuations of 10, 15, 20, 30 times revenue, and they continue to propel higher. Uh, so I'd have to say the market is at a interesting point in time. Uh, today's show, of course, we're going to bring on two strategists, uh, our favorite man from Wall Street, Mr. Tony Dwyer, for, uh, frequently on CNBC, heavyweight on Bay Street, I must say, and uh, Jack was just saying, I'm surprised uh, one of the big Wall Street firms hasn't scooped him up yet on us. Don't let them know he exists. He's all ours, Jack. Um, so he, he's going to have an interesting perspective on the market. He's been bullish for 10 years. He continues to remain bullish. Uh, he thinks the market probably is just a little frothy in here. Temporary highs, a little pullback, and then going higher. So we'll be speaking to Tony Dwyer later in the show, and uh, we're going to then bring on a veteran of Bay Street, uh, Mr. Don Velo. Don focuses on seasonality. He says, Salome, come down to Sugar Beach, and when it snows, you can come back to the stock market, take six months off, and uh, that's, that's his approach, uh, the approach of seasonality. So Salome, go away. Uh, market went higher. Uh, so I'm going to be challenging him on that uh, theory uh, later in the show. Yeah, Tony, with, like you said, he, he his core fundamental thesis, he's been right for the last 10 years, and because his core fundamental thesis really hasn't changed. Earnings have gone up. Credit's been available, and consumers are very confident right now and very healthy down in the U.S. So I, I think he's going to have a very positive long-term message for us. But the short-term, just because of the, the market sentiment, it's a little frothy out there. You know, earnings are coming in strong, like I said, but market sentiment is very positive right now. And sometimes markets get a little over-enthusiastic, too, and drive up valuations just a little bit past, you know, fair value. Well, that's just it. So, so two points on that. And you were looking at what's called the stochastics. It's early in the morning. I don't mean to use these words that may hurt your brain. Uh, but market market sentiment, in other words, Jack saying, is maybe getting a little bit ahead of itself. And I'm going to say a little bit is about it. Um, but equally important, part of Tony Dwyer's key theses, and that's why I say that uh, investors, fellow partners of Jack and I, I'm about 300 partners, 300 
families we take care of. And if you ever need some help with your uh, personal finances or looking for an alternative, or even just a second opinion, Jack and I are always more than happy to uh, sit down and uh, give you a complimentary financial review, uh, shall I say. And they'll be chock full of wisdom and some ideas. Cost you nothing to speak to us. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, but the point of the matter is uh, market correlated mostly with the direction of earnings. If your companies that you are invested in are having earnings that go up, uh, your share prices will follow suit nine times out of ten. And so the broad market uh, has been ex- has an expectation for the year of 2019, or certainly the, f- the first couple quarters of 19, to show negative or basically flat earnings. And so far, Jack, we're actually seeing better uh, numbers in that. We are seeing a bit of earnings growth with about 25% of S&P 500 companies currently reporting and I think 75 or 80% beat on earnings, probably just north of 50% beat on revenue. That's important stuff because uh, as earnings rise again, as I said, so goes the stock market. But the market's anticipating, I think for 2019, perhaps 2 to 3% earnings growth, Jack. But then 2020 or 2020 is expecting 11% earnings growth. And I think that 2021 Eight and the quarter, the quarter eight, there, no, were, no, but eight or nine in twenty twenty one. So yeah. the next two years in front of us, earnings per share will continue to rise. So people continue to ask us: Is the market stretch? Is it time to exit? When's the recession coming, friends? You are not going into a recession when companies are having their earnings go up. And what the point Jack made is you don't go into a recession when money is cheap. And we all know money is as cheap. Take some money to the bank and deposit. I dare you to take some money to the bank and deposit and see what they offer you. Pop guess. Like you said, long term, the, uh, the market does correlate to the direction of earnings. Short term is very driven by sentiment. So like you said, right. earnings, very important over the long term. And like I said, Tony has been right for the last 10 years because the trajectory of earnings have gone up. The quarter that we're in right now is actually the trough quarter. So from here, earnings are, ex- are expected to actually accelerate and go higher next year and the following year, just as you said. So it should be positive for markets long term. We'll see what happens. Maybe a bit of turbulence in the short term just because the market's a little frothy. All right, we're going to get a call to Wall Street. Uh, let's go to commercial break. And when we get back, Tony Dwyer, live from Wall Street on the Hi-Fi Radio Show, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. There you go, Tony Dwyer from Wall Street. You are the best, my good friend. Thank you very kindly for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio. Friends, if you're just tuning in, of course, this is a money show that Jack Hartle and I, Wolfgang Klein, put on and host each and every week on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto, a podcast available. By the way, if you have any questions, you can always contact us, WolfgangKlein.com. It is simple. We're friendly. We like you, and we're here to help you. And as such, we brought on our big gun, Mr. Tony Dwyer, uh, who has really been a bull and not full of it, um, has been a bull for, I'm going to say, 10 years. Uh, I've known Tony now for, I guess, nine years. And he's remained, I'm going to say, steadfast in his theses, which continues to prove correct as the market basically just made a new all-time high on Wednesday of this week. Uh, so, Tony, thank you very kindly for coming back to the show. Of course, the big question is, Sell it may go away. We can't do that. It's now the middle of July. Should we uh, maybe sell here, take the rest of the summer off, come back late September, early October, or stay long and uh, hang on to quality? Well, well, first, is this is this, this a taped show, right? It is so a taped show. Someday I, 
Someday I can pull the tape when I'm really wrong and remember that you played me that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope thing. you didn't top the market with that song. I, I, probably, I hope you did I, not I think top I did. the market. It's like mush, beyond mush. So, Wolfie, it's a great question. As you know, I'm looking for a 5% pullback here. And it's not based on any kind of real fundamental deterioration. Actually, it's, it's based upon just a little bit too much enthusiasm in May when we had put out a, a, a thought that it was time to buy that dip, if you remember, there was a, almost a 7% drop in the S&P 500 mm -hmm. when President Trump threatened to put tariffs on Mexico, happened very quickly. We wanted to be aggressive. We wanted to buy, as long as you're, you're in a pretty good economic and credit situation, you want to use those opportunities to your advantage. We're just kind of a little bit in the opposite of that, where people have already kind of bought in. They think it's, you know, um, they're a little too enthusiastic and when... When it gets like that, it's usually time for a pause. But I, I would also reinforce the idea that the backdrop's good enough, that I don't want to be a seller. I just would wait to add to positions if you were thinking about buying here. You know, it's funny because Jack and I were just speaking about that Trump tweet in May, and it's remarkable. Uh, the U.S. equity market aggregate value, Tony, approximately $25, $28 trillion at these levels. Yep. Yeah, 5% haircut. Trump tweet costed investors north of a trillion dollars. My friend, a trillion dollar tweet. I wonder if he realizes the impact and, and the magnitude of that uh, tweet. But you know something? You're saying investors, if nothing else, simply take advantage of it or do nothing and continue to ride the wave. It's a beautiful day out there. I'm looking at the water here on Lake Ontario, and uh, sailboats seem to be having a lot of fun uh, taking in some wind, not a lot of wave out there. That, that Trump tweet, though, really reset the deck, and it gave investors a short-term... It gave short-term investors... It gave investors a short-term opportunity to take advantage of, and that's really what Tony's talking about. When you have a, a core fundamental thesis that remains intact, short-term weakness, like we saw a couple months ago or we saw in December, active investors can certainly you know, buy good stocks at lower valuations. That's really what you want to do. So another technician over at one of those big banks here on base, I'm not going to mention who, they don't need any more brand equity out of me. Um, they think the same, Tony. They think uh, market little toppy here, uh, pull back and then higher. I can tell you what I think, and I'm in line, I think, with um, our t other technician at Can Accord, Javid. I say market goes higher from these levels and then pulls back August, September. So I think up, down, and then ultimately higher. So short-term higher, mid-term lower, long-term higher. You're saying short-term lower, mid-term higher, long-term, well, what? I just think short-term more volatile, right? You've, you've had, you're in this digestion. Everybody's accepted that the Fed is going to cut rates. If you remember on our show that we've done a few times, yep. so we, we were thinking that the Fed was going to cut rates back in December. Um, and, and it was because the Fed is very fearful about inflation. So now that the market has discounted 100% chance of a Fed rate cut at next week's meeting, we also know that earnings are not going to collapse and the guidance hasn't been horrible. So a lot of that good news, Wolfie, that you're, that's kind of been pushing things higher since May is probably discounted just, uh, just a little bit right here. And, and again, you know, you could you could work off that overbought condition by going down two percent over the next month or five percent over the next week. It just depends on how it does it. But I want to just make sure that you know the that your listeners are, understand that we're not in any way negative. We are really focused on that intermediate term target of ours of uh, S and P thirty three fifty, which is ten percent higher than we are today. By the way, folks. Correct. Yeah. It's really, it's one of those things, if, if, you, if you think of all the bearish calls that have happened on Wall Street over the last number of years, we're at a record high. 
It's always been wrong to be a seller. Until you shut down credit to the point that it creates a recession, selling doesn't make any sense based on the fact that we're at a record high. Well, I just I just challenged the audience. I said, you know something? Uh, money is cheap and market goes higher. And if, you, and if you don't believe me that money is cheap, take a bunch to the bank and deposit and see what they give you. Because my answer is, bupkis. <laughs> hey? Is that a technical term? <laughs> <laughs> On Hi-Fi Radio, yes. So, Tony, you talk about the Fed cut, and that's sort of baked into the cake right now. And if they don't cut, I think it's really going to disappoint the markets. But earlier this week, you really talked about a generational shift for the Fed. I was wondering if you could maybe speak to that um, to, for the audience. That's a good point. Yep. For the last 50 years, the Fed has been worried about inflation heating up when unemployment goes down. In other words, when everybody's working and they can get raises because companies need to have their, their employee base and they're worried that they can't get new employees, it's called full employment. When you're at full employment, the Fed has always been worried that we're going to go into that late 60s to early 80s high inflation, high interest rate environment where we won't be able to afford the debt. So what's happened in the last couple of months is then that the Fed has realized that even though the U.S. is at almost a record level of unemployment, certainly post-World War II history, we're at a record level of unemployment. Meaning, meaning low, meaning recordly working. low, low unemployment. Right. right. Correct. So everybody's working. Everybody's getting raises. It's all good. And that's not leading to the inflation that they thought it might. So the Fed raised rates over the course of the last two and a half years aggressively because they were so worried about this labor inflation rolling over to overall inflation like the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. And now they're discovering that it's not happening. I believe that the Fed is getting into a, a very a position where they're super scared that there is that they're going to become like Japan and now Europe. Europe, most of Europe is in negative rates. Japan has been um, uh, a kind of a disaster over the course of the last four decades. So if you think about it, if you're if you shift from worried about inflation to worried about deflation, you're going to become much more aggressive than most people think. That's the only way you can prevent it is to try to pick up ac economic activity that much more quickly. You know, so I think they're about to embark on a very significant uh, easing cycle. Jack asked a very big question, uh, generational shift for the Fed. Uh, Tony Dwyer is beginning to answer that question with a very uh, elaborate and articulate answer. This is very serious stuff because generational shifts set up opportunity and risk that can last for decades. So please stay tuned to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. It is a show about your money. money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Buy and hold. Yep, it is Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, your host, portfolio manager with Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Here for you, my good friends, here to help educate you, and yes, here to hold your hands. We are in a bull market. One of the finest books ever written on the world of finance is Reminiscences of a Stock Operator. I've read the book about eight times. Uh, first published in 1920, continues to be printed. It is a darling of a book. And in the book is a character named Old Man Turkey. And if you said to Turkey... Uh, what do you think of the stock market? He would answer with a very simple, simple qu answer, and it would be, it's a bull market or it's a bear market. And if you ask him today, he would say it was a bull market, which means forget the noise, 
get along the market. Uh, we have our key strategist, a man who I adore, Tony Dwyer, uh, works on Wall Street, uh, wakes up at such god-awful hours, uh, takes the public transit in New York. Public transit is not the most desirable, I must say, but he does it uh, for the sake of, well, I guess his... Uh, to prevent the Tony disaster. Isn't that what it is, uh, Tony? You call it the Tony disaster? <laughs> and then, and then, see, so you're good. Interest rates are nice and low, Tony. So, uh, you know, you got yourself some debt. You're, you are an American. Americans like debt. You have debt. And as long as the cash flow is good, you're good. And you continue to be very, very optimistic. Um, so uh, I, I had a very interesting stat, Tony Dwyer, our chief strategist. And, and, and I, know, I know you data mine. I subscribe to Bespoke Investment Research. It's an expensive service. I subscribe to many services uh, to add value and to find an edge over what the average investor cannot have because uh, I have to step on them every now and that's my job as a professional investor, professional trader. But Bespoke made a very good point. And they said, Tony, listen to this, 100% of the market moves since 19, what was the data they gave you, Jack? Going back 30, 40 years, uh, you know, it's, it's early in the morning, we need to get too specific. 100% of the market returns occur after hours. After hours drives the market. And that's very, very interesting. And they actually proved it by they said if you were to have um, buy, buy the close of the market, so if you buy the SP 500 or the Dow at 355, and then you sell it the following morning, say at 9.35, a few minutes after the market opened, over the last several decades, you would have had a 700% return versus doing the opposite, whereby you uh, sell at the close. You sell at the close and you buy the open. You would have actually had a negative rate of return, Tony, of 12%. Wow. Fascinating, isn't it? So I go back to the reason I'm making that point is you're speaking about a 3 to 5% correction. Sure, I see it coming at some point. I see, I see it happening more in the seasonal part of that August, September. I find those to be the toughest months. So I think that's when we're going to get the setup for the pullback. Um, and you know, some, I'll, I'll bet you a, a a Toronto stake on that one, Tony. I say I say fall, you say now, and I say, and you're going to agree with me. It doesn't really matter over the next eighteen months. You think the S and P is going higher by ten or fifteen percent? And so I a stake anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah. We're, we're in the middle of earnings season right now, Tony. So tell us tell us what you're seeing out of uh, you know the big U.S. market. So in the U.S., the earnings season, second quarter profits, the negative story that many had through this point was that you were going to see negative earnings in the first half of 2019. Now they're kind of shifting that in the, into the second half because it didn't work in the first half. Uh, earnings look to be up slightly this quarter um, versus the expectations early that they were going to be down. So what you're also hearing from companies, Jack, is you're hearing that not that things are great, things aren't great. Remember, guys, a really important point is I'm not bullish because the economic data has been so good and earnings have been so good. I was bullish because weaker economic data, slower economic growth, takes the Fed from tightening to easing, and that's happened. Now we should see the reacceleration. Now you, the bull story going into 2020 is that the economy and earnings reaccelerate, and companies are saying on their conference calls, Jack, and we'll see uh, that. They are actually not guiding down like many feared. So things are okay. And, you know, okay is good on Wall Street. You don't want really great. Think of the two, the two years where things were really great, 2011 and 2018. Those were really great economic and earnings years. Those were also the two negative stock market years. So great isn't good. Horrible isn't good. Okay is 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 where you want to be, especially when you beat expectations. The other thing is too with the central banks, the the ECB just announced this week too that they've got investors back as well. They're not doing anything at least for the foreseeable future, and like you said, the Fed 
sounds like they're going to probably overstimulate just for the fact that they want to avoid uh, uh, or a fear of a 2008 type crash. So uh, they see the market slowing or they see the economy slowing down and they want to overstimulate to, to get the uh, get it fueled back up. Right. Well, let me explain to the listeners who probably don't hear this kind of jargon every day why the Fed doesn't want inflation going down this generational shift that I'm talking about. Let's say you're going out to get your mortgage rate and you could get, you know, it's gone from 4% to 3.5%, but the data is getting weaker and there's no sign that you're bottoming out in rates. Why wouldn't you wait for 3%? So you've gone from 4% to 3.5%, but you're like, you know, maybe in the next month it'll be at 3 I'm going to wait. That is what the Fed talks about or central banks talk about when they don't want to let expectations get too low because then you're in a weak economy with no uh, catalyst. You know, what really creates lending is a company or a household says, oh, I got to lock in this rate. This is a great rate. When you keep thinking it's going to go lower, nobody acts. You need people to act. Without question, without question, deflation is terrible. You just defer purchasing something and so it becomes this vicious vicious downward spiral inflation is much easier to deal with than deflation we don't have a lot of experience right. with deep the irony is is, is, is is tony we do have to go to commercial break here but i once looked through a couple of history books like long dated data and as much of it was british data and deflation back in the 1600s 1500s i think was actually the norm uh this notion of inflation uh, i think it has it, it, it's tied at the hip through the, the changing of the usury laws but uh, again i digress this is hi-fi radio tony dwyer gracious enough the man uh from wall street to uh, join jack and i he's our chief strategist at can accord genuity and i said to jack or jack said to me why haven't one of the big firms scooped him and we don't want them to know about tony he's just too good uh but there's generational shifts going on with the fed interest rates are lowering it's important stuff if you have a mortgage which many of you do uh, if you're looking to invest some money which many of you are uh pay attention to hi-fi radio we're here to help you and we bring on the finest guest tony dwyer is one of them my co-host of course jack hartle finest man uh, i know on bay street i don't have a lot of friends mind you uh, more of it right after this money. listen we're gonna take a break but when we come back money. more money talk you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto There's an earworm for you, my friends. Yes, on Hi-Fi Radio, we are here to give you little gifts. That's a cool tune, isn't it? Uh, I think it's appropriate for my dear friend, next guest, Mr. Don Velo. Uh, Don is a uh, market technician. Uh, basically, he looks at stock charts and moving averages and sentiment and uh, direction. And uh, But Don, Don overlays his market uh, technical talents with what's called seasonal investing. And you know the old saying, sell in May, go away. Buy when it snows, sell when it goes. And uh, there's been a lot of backtesting, in fact, that the strong six months of the market tend to be from the fall to the spring. And then you come to the summer and Jack leaves and I'm by myself and the trading desks are thin. And, well, not a whole lot goes on, but business does continue. And with the thinner trading desks, you get more volatility. Not a lot of big corporate news yet doesn't come out. So there's some vacuous moments in time uh, in the market. Uh, however, Mr. Don Velo, I shall challenge you, my Young 76-year-old, that's right, Don is 76 years old and he continues to work. He loves this business so much. And I, I tip my hat to you for that one, Don. Uh, and as Jack says, you have your ikiga, which means Japanese purpose in life, which is just this, to hang out with us on the show and to publish and write every day and watch the markets every day. But market's at an all-time high. We're in the middle of July. Don Vila, what do you have to say for yourself? 
Well, historically, equity markets around the world have reached a very important short-term peak right around the middle of July, and they continue to have volatility right through until approximately the middle of October. Mm -hmm. And particularly volatility tends to uh, spike during that particular time. Yeah. Our last guest, Tony Dwyer, uh, thinks, in fact, that we are going to probably, in and around right here, right now, witness a 3 to 5% pullback. Um, I'm more in the camp, Don, that I think the market, you don't sell breakouts. You just you know that you're a market technician. Correct me if I'm wrong. You don't sell breakouts, right? Technical analysis 202? Well, yeah. It, uh, right. No, no, no. Looking... You don't sell 10. No, my point is, I can play with you here, but Don, I can do that. We're buddies. Um, you don't sell breakouts. So I think market goes higher. But once earnings season comes to an end, and we're only 25% into it, so middle of July, say, I think by early August, I think then the market will pull back that August, September, mid-October, and then set the stage for a year-end rally. That's sort of my playbook. You know something? I don't know anything. I'm going to be wrong. Anyways, I know I'm going to be wrong. I'm always wrong. But I still make money. It's amazing, isn't it, Don? You're on the right track, uh, Wolfgang. Uh, historically, the weakest month of the year for most equity markets is uh, from from the middle of September right through until the middle of October. Right. So that, that's after the second quarter reports are out, out of the way and right. things start to happen. But there's a reason why we have difficulty from middle of July until the middle of October. First of all, it's summertime. Well, just look outside. It's gorgeous. Like you know, Jack's got his boat lined well, up. Like out there. Said, he's, about well, for, he's about to go for a little sail in Lake Ontario. He can't wait to get out of the studio with me uh, right here, right now. Well, so like, there, get there, it. there are less people at their desk. There is less volume yep. uh, in North America and especially in Europe. People, yeah. that's a vacation and, and, and cor- time, right? corporate news doesn't really flow. There's no big M and A in the summer, is there? Because you know the lawyers and the bankers are off on their vacation as well. So there's, there's, there's appears a vacuous. Uh, uh, What's the point? Catalyst, shall we say? There's always sure. it's all about catalyst. Very uh, true. You see, uh, all the uh, major investment uh, managers are on holidays, and therefore there's less volume. And therefore, what you see is more volatility in equity markets because the volumes are thinner. But there's also something else that happens during this uh, middle of July to middle of October period. Uh, analysts get back uh, from their holidays around the beginning of September, and they look at their numbers and they say. Whoops, we're a bit high now. So they start re- reducing their earnings estimates and going into the month of September and through to October prior to release of third quarter results. This is where they take their earnings estimates, their target prices higher, you're saying? They actually reduce Oh, them. they reduce their expectations. That's correct. Huh, because the, because the market has lagged, so therefore they want to be in tune with the market. Well, historically, analysts are very uh, bullish at the beginning of the year. When they go to the annual re- re- meetings and hear, hear all this good thing that's going to happen, and then all of a sudden, as you get past the second quarter results, it's like, oops, maybe not so much. Uh-huh. So the history of most analysts reduce their earnings estimates as you get into the month of September. Interesting. Uh, we have Don Velo in the studio. He's a market technician, and he's also a seasonal investor. So as you leather up your banana boat sunscreen for this beautiful weekend we're going to have, uh, we're going to talk about the season that is and uh, what to expect uh, out of uh, the equity markets uh, for the summer of 2019. Uh, more of it on High Fire Radio, a show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle. Partner in Crime, uh, each and every Saturday on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. We'll get right back to you. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Yes, indeed. Don't let it do that to you. That's the mantra from the Wolf on Bay Street. Don't let the market spin you round and round. It's called Jack and I call it, and the people on Wall Street call it, getting shaken out of good stuff. And um, that's what short-term volatility can do to you. That's what the media can do to you. And that's what the month of uh, the, the summer months can do to you when the volatility increases. It can cause you to get spun around and sell a good stock only to see it go higher six months later. So I, I, I got Don Vila in the studio with me. I've known Don now for 20 some odd years. Um, Don has uh, been a very, very good friend of mine and a good uh, uh, teacher, shall I say, uh, to me. Uh, taught me a lot, uh, including Don, the presidential cycle, uh, which we are now, of course, in what's called the third year. Uh, and of course, the third year, historically, Don has been one of the best. In fact, it has been the best year for the equity markets in America, uh, I guess, since the 50s, correct? That's correct. Uh, what you said is so important uh, for most investors. This little period of time from middle of July to middle of October should not be a scary time uh, because of the greater volatility. If you're a longer-term investor, hey, just go back onto the beach and relax and just kind of wait until uh, this volatility is over. As it, long as you have the proper portfolio and the proper asset mix, meaning the percentage of cash, the percentage of bonds, the percentage of stocks, and the type of stocks. If you're concentrated, you should worry. If you're properly diversified in an ETF basket or in your own portfolio, Jack and I run a 60-stock portfolio with about 40 American names, 20 Canadian names. We got value in there, the oil stocks, which aren't working, uh, uh, Don. And then we got a lot of fantastic NASDAQ-listed tech stocks that are just absolutely on fire. I want to I bring that point up, Don. The market is bifurcated. I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. There's a lot of stuff that's not working uh, and a lot of stuff that is working. And the stuff that is working is priced to beyond perfection. Like It's trading off multiples, Don, of revenue. 15, 20, 25, 30 times revenue, no earnings in sight, and money continues to flow. Names up here in Canada, I was looking at in Canada. You and I, when we worked together in Canada, was an $80 stock. It's a $6 stock today, Don. And trending lower, I looked at the, it looks awful, the chart. So what do you do? Do you, do you, do you pick up, as Jack would call it, a cigarette butt, i.e. the Encana, and, and hope for the best that you got more than two puffs in it? Uh, or do you buy the Monte Cristo, and I'm a, I don't smoke, but if you buy the Monte Cristo cigar, uh, i.e. the software stock, and pay top dollar for it? Uh, what do you think? Well, see, the key is that uh, stocks might seem to be overvalued right now, but there's a possibility you could buy them cheaper as the uh, period from middle of July to middle of October comes along. Correct. Now, from an investment point of view, don't, you don't need to do much of anything except if you pick up the odd special situation. From a trader's point of view, this is a dangerous time. So if you're going in and out of the markets during this time, right. you have to be a lot more selective. And quick. So you've you got to be quick, maybe selective. You've got to exit and you have to re-enter. And that's where the human mind is very limited. Uh, it, it's been proven. I spoke to one of our analysts, and Jack was on this conference call with one of our analysts, and he said he, 70% of his time, he's a, he's a Wall Street analyst, 70% of his time is spent communicating with hedge funds. And you know what the hedge funds care about? As these companies report results, how much up, how much down, and if is more than two, three to one. I want to play the short side. In other words, hedge funds, all they really want to do is short stock. And and Jack, what does Richard Davis call the, the reaction coming right of earnings? We're seeing it right now. Oh, the, the fast twitch uh, after hours traders, right? So yeah. they're, they're making trades without making informed decisions. So, and it is like, it is a very dangerous way to trade. And I certainly wouldn't uh, recommend a retail investor to participate in that. But um, you talk about seasonality, getting back to seasonality. Um, it's a weak seasonal period for the broad markets, but there's also opportunities in certain sectors. 
Oh, you got right? that one right. Uh, so, and I, I think that's where seasonality really can be a benefit. So, in terms of broad markets, there's seasonality to it, but I think it's very transitory. But for certain sectors, there's great opportunity because they come in and out of favor based on the season. You no, know, that's actually very, very good points. You can actually get more pickup if you can go the seasonal aspect of sectors as opposed to the seasonal aspect of the broad market. It's a very, very valid point. Let's look at a sector which does really well during this uh, period. Uh, it's, it's related to greater volatility. When there's greater volatility, guess what? The gold and gold stocks do very, very well. Oh, I hate them. I hate them. Don, I hate gold. I despise, I loathe gold. And it's working. Are but you you're right? thinking, yeah, no, no, you're no, thinking no, of gold, gold as a long-term investor. Yeah. What Don is saying, again, as a, a short-term investor, as a trader, you want to look for opportunities. And if you can look at it through a seasonal lens, gold typically does well this time of the season through, is it October? Don? Yeah, normally it's from around the middle of July right through until about the first week in October for, for gold stocks. Yeah, gold, gold stocks up about 15% year to date. They're beating, well, no, they're actually right in line with the TSX. The TSX is up about, it actually is up 15%, the, and the total return with dividends is actually up 18 So it's holding, it's it's it's, it's fighting its weight. Uh, right. right, right. But as right a long term investor, gold underperforms the SP 500 by, oh, I'm going to say, oh, five, at least 5%, oh, probably more. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst, Don. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because, again, we're studying Jesse Livermore, and I am a student of that uh, trader who I think ended up committing suicide. The ending wasn't pretty, uh, but lots of wisdom along the way. And, you know, if you follow his work, he would have traded Bitcoin, knowing it's not really worth anything, but if it works, get on board. Again, I go back to our listeners. Hold me now. Buy quality. Don't think about trading because, you know, some. As an amateur, you're up against the pros, and the pros have a hard time succeeding at trading. I think you should buy good quality businesses that you can understand that are Trump-proof. They are volatility-proof. I'm talking about stuff like uh, the Tim Hortons. I'm talking about stuff like McDonald's. I'm talking about stuff like Microsoft. That's what our listeners should be holding if they're going to uh, attempt to build their own portfolio. Uh, look, we're here to help you. It's Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. We have Don Velo, uh, a market technician and a market, a man of lots of wisdom, uh, very, very sharp and uh, very, very well-seasoned. That's the type of uh, guest I'd like to bring on the show. And Jack Hartle, of course, here to help me with the cause. More of it right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Yeah. There you go. Oh, no. Here we go. All right. Keep it going. It's a bull market. Don't stop. All right, we can stop now. Yep, that's what we do. We get excited when markets make new highs. Sort of. You know, no crazy parties. Not like the Wolf of Wall Street. Forget that stuff. No, 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 no. But, you know, we do sort of cheer. The Dow got above, or the, excuse me, the S&P 500 got above 3,000 points uh, this week. Correct, Jack? It did, yep. Yeah, this made week. A new high. So big round numbers are, I guess, reason to celebrate. Uh, it is a bull market. Um, we're in the third year of the presidential cycle. It tends to be the best year out of the four years. Uh, the, the fourth year of the presidential cycle, which would be 2020, Don, and you know the four-year cycle better than I do, but that tends to be a decent year as well, correct? Yes, right through until uh, the election date, and then uh, the markets have some difficulties after that. Which would then take as election is what, 2020? Next year. That's right. 2020, yep. November of 2020, fall, correct? Yep. First Tuesday of the month, is that correct? That's correct. I think the first Tuesday of November, right? Uh, 2020. Uh, which means 
people are always asking us, when are we going to recession? <sighs> I'm tiring of the answer. But uh, probably t- maybe 2021. Uh, but I, I, I want to go back to now. There's a couple of big things at play here. And it's very, very important. Number one, interest rates are going down. Uh, I do not see money flowing to the bond market, although some of it must go into the bond market, pension funds, and uh, offsetting liability is complicated, but why people buy negative yield is beyond me. And interest rates are going down, which means the P.E. ratio of the stock market should go up. We are in a secular bull market, which means a long-running bull market. You agree with me on that, Don? I know you do. The question is, did it begin in 2009? Did it get reset in 2011? Was it reset, as a matter of fact, two years ago? I think in many ways it was. I think we had two bear markets in this 10-year run. I think this market is going to go a little longer than most pundits would say. In fact, our, our, our old strategist from the United States, our credit strategist, uh, Paul uh, Reynolds, what was his first name, Jack? Uh, our strategy in the United States, who we no longer have our credit. Our credit oh, stuff. Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. Yep. Um, he said three to five years, but the amount of credit that's being available, Don, and cheap money uh, pushes valuations higher. Money's about to get cheaper, as it has in Europe, as it has in Japan, and we live in a flat world, and if America um, has a good a good run, we tend to have a good run as well. America gets a cold, we catch a fluid. Nothing's really changed, although things are moving quicker, and uh, the world is basically correlated almost to one. Uh, so I guess my question to you, Don, is do you see a bear market? Can you see one in your uh, horizon? And if so, when? Yeah, let's look at the, uh, what's going to happen during the next uh, few months. Uh, it's called earnings and the direction that they're going. Yep. Looking at the S&P 500 uh, companies, the earnings on a year-over-year basis actually went down slightly, about 1% in the yep. first quarter. Second quarter, consensus is a, a decline of 2%. Mm-hmm. And third quarter, a decline of 1.5%. So effectively, you have an earnings recession uh, in the U.S., and Canada is pretty well going to follow that as well. Now, that's the bad news. That's the reason why you're going to see greater volatility and a s- slight correction over the next a couple of months. The good news is that after you get past third quarter uh, earnings uh, season, the earnings picture does improve significantly for both Canadian and U.S. companies. See, this is the October period, right? They, they start to report Q3 earnings in early October, and that's why the market tends to begin to get going, correct? That's right. That's when you're going to probably see your seasonal low for the markets, and that's going to provide a very unique buying opportunity. So, so let me ask this question, Don. The S&P today is 3,000. I'm not going to round the next 15 points for you. It's 3,000 today. What's your expectation for year end? Where's the market? Around the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, Rip Van Winkle, you're going to take a long nap. You're going to wake up uh, on uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, let's look at what we could probably see in the next two to three months. You could see, say, 29.50 on the S&P 500. But by the end of the year, you could probably see between 3,100 and 3,200. So it's a nice little boot from a low sometime probably in October. I saw, by the way, another point here, because you're talking about earnings. Yeah, earnings may be down a little bit this year, but uh, not as down as the market anticipated, better than expected. I think they're Th- That's the key point, Wolf. It's better than, than expected. expected. So that, that, when expectations matters. are low and you can be... The markets tend to go higher. But the, but they're then expecting, we spoke about this earlier in the show, yep. for 2020, I think the S&P to earn about, I think, 180 or 191. And then by 2021, for the S&P to be making over $200 per unit. So if you put a 20 multiple on 200, you get a 4,000 S&P 500. Is that, and, and you, 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 your face lit up a little bit, but what do you think about that math, Don? You know this math better than I do. Well, I think you're thinking in the right direction, but I think there's a few... Uh, uh, speed bumps along the way that we have to uh, yep. uh, focus on. Fair enough. Uh, let's, let's look at some of those uh, speed bumps. Uh, we, 
uh, the China-U.S. trade negotiations. Clearly, if that's positive, it would go through. That's very, very bullish. If it doesn't, that's a major problem. Do you know what's going to happen there? More of the same. They're kicking that count, kicking that can down the road as far as they can. Yeah, these are all very short-term uh, concerns. Things like possible impeachment of uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, good luck. Next. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. But <laughs> yeah, I bet it won't happen. I, say, but I think, but both, I, I think card, both of those problems are going to get resolved by the election. You know, we'll my see biggest, what happens you know, in the my election. Fear, yeah, my, my, sorry, Jack. My fear with, with, with this is Trump does another tweet. Because Jack actually really pointed that one out, that Trump tweet in May costs investors over about a trillion and a half dollars, Don. Right? <laughs> the, 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 the U.S. stock market has a valuation of about $25 trillion, So And the market went down 5%. You do the math. It's over a trillion dollars for that one tweet. Stop it, Donald! I would say that the point that I would make there too, Wolf, is the fact how how closely retail investors follow Trump oh, and how much pain it causes they're them. They're doing such a disservice, Jack. All right, I'm going to cut you off right there. No more Trump talk affecting the market. You can't trade around Trump. Buy good businesses. Uh, Don Velo, uh, I can't thank you enough for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio. We're going to have to keep you coming. How much are you planning on working for, by the way? Oh, forever, forever. Wolf, for- I was going to say, it's not work when you love it, right? That's, you know, this notion of retirement, Don, it, it really frightens people. Um, and again, in the interest of time, Don, when you actually retired, did you sell all your stock and go to go to GICs? Definitely not. You know how many clients have, have, have asked me, should we just get complete of the market? We're about to retire. And I say, no, adjust your mix perhaps, but you need to own stocks for the long haul. I'm sorry to say it. And if you want some safe money, sure, buy some GICs, but don't go into, you may be alive for 25, 30 years from now. And it's been basically an up 18% year for Jack and I. You know, we got down five last year and up 18. And that's what happens when you have a weak year and you enter retirement. Don't panic. Stay the course and just try to think longer term. And right. each and every week, Jack and I are on Hi-Fi Radio bringing a show to you about money. We're here to help you compound your wealth and have more of it than you can possibly need. That's what it's all about. Yes, indeed. I want to wish you a great weekend. I want to thank you all very much for tuning in. And uh, we will be in touch next weekend on the Global News Radio Network. 640 in Toronto. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.